Good morning. Isn't it wonderful the many different ways we can offer praise to God through different instruments, through vocally, through our prayers, through our lives. I invite you to stand as we begin by singing, O Come, All You Faithful.
You may be seated as we continue on those last two stanzas. And he beneath a crushing boat whose forms are bending low. and welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. We have already begun our time of worship and celebration. I don't know if your heart's been touched. Mine certainly has and will continue to be. I wonder if you are a guest for the very first time, if you wouldn't mind just taking in the pew in front of you one of our guest cards, filling it out, and by the end of the service, if you'd drop it in one of our offering boxes, we would certainly appreciate that if you've not already done that. We are excited in this Christmas season uh, because it's also our Lottie Moon Christmas offering emphasis. And uh, we have uh, two of our international missionaries who are with us today to speak, uh, Dr. Doug Derbyshire and his wife Cheryl. Uh, they have been in uh, Thailand for some 31 years. Um, he is a, a medical doctor. Has, he'll tell you all about all the things that he has been doing in the midst of uh, uh, a lot of challenges. Uh, Cheryl uh, has begun helping ladies all across the country begin their own businesses. Looking forward to hearing all about those. It's good to have y'all. Uh, the bio is in the uh, bulletin. I want to give them as much time as possible the, uh, today. So read that. We're looking forward to it. It's always good to see uh, the Derbyshires with us. And if my memory's correct, you have two of your children that are already on the mission field, they and their spouses, a third that is applying to go after their graduation from Southeastern Seminary, and then obviously your, your son, Gary, is a pastor here in the Phoenix area. That's a lot of ministry coming out of one home, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so excited. So we look forward to, uh, to hearing from you. I wonder if you might take the opportunity to join me in prayer. We begin this, uh, this Advent, the fourth Sunday, love. We focused on hope, on peace, on joy, today love, a special kind of love. So I'd ask, as you bow your heads in prayer, your mind and heart upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you remember his unconditional love. Father, thank you so much for the great opportunity that we have to worship. 
this is always an exciting season, but Father, to, to hear, to read, to understand, and to be engaged in your work is powerful. And everyone here has chosen to be here. They've come with an understanding that we come to worship only you. We gather together from so many different activities and, and, and uh, paths in our lives. We gather together for the sole purpose of you as the audience of one. And so as we lift up our voices in song and for every single element that is engaged in this time of worship, Father, it is for your glory and your praise. And we ask that you would receive it in that way. And I pray that God in the midst of that, as we worship together as brothers and sisters in Christ, Father, we would experience that amazing love for you and for one another. And in addition, for the world that is lost, not only in our community, but Father, around the globe, there is great darkness, but your love has created the light, the light of Christ. And I pray that today that light will burn brightly and Father, motivate, encourage, and challenge us to be the missionaries where we are and to pray for and support those that are around the globe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. During the past three Sundays, we have focused on the Advent themes of hope, peace, and joy. All attributes associated with Christ's coming and all qualities we can now experience through our life in him. However, none of these would be possible if it were not for love. God's love for us demonstrated in his coming to earth in the form of the baby in Bethlehem of whom the angels sang. The gospel writer proclaimed, for God so loved, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. As one writer expressed it, love is the greatest of all the virtues on the advent wreath, and it encompasses Jesus' entire purpose for being on earth. The Apostle John reminds his readers in his first epistle, as translated in the New Living Bible, this is real love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Because of that love, God through his spirit has reached out to each one of us to draw us to himself. Because of that love, our lives have been changed. Because of that love, we have new life and a new future. And because of that love, we recognize our need to demonstrate that love to others. Dear friends, John says, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. As George and Shirley Vance come to light the love candle this morning, hear once again the significance of what God has done. 
In 1 John 4, 9, we read, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. The candle of love is now lighted. May we be the embodiment of that love as expressed through Christ Jesus, our Lord.
Good morning, church. Glad to see all of you on this beautiful December morning that the Lord has given us. Please bow your heads for a moment and pray with me. Heavenly Father, here we are in the fourth week of Advent when we celebrate love. Love that you give us. Love that we give back to you. And we love your son Jesus and the love that we share with other Christians all around the world. This is the time of year when we celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. We feel blessed that we are able to do that freely in this country and that we ask that as we take time to exchange gifts and presents and pleasantries with others, mostly family members and friends, uh, that we remember the true meaning of the holiday, that we are celebrating the birth of your son. It's not just a commercial business enterprise promoted to, to give presents and such to people that we contact only once a year. We are blessed today that we get to hear Dr. Derbyshire and his wife and how they have spread the message across the world, uh, specifically in the area of Taiwan, uh, where the Christian message is not that well uh, distributed and they're doing their part and have for many decades, and we appreciate the, the you touch them with your hand and guide them, and we look forward to hearing from the both of them this morning. We ask that you give travel mercies this time of year, as many of us will be either traveling or will be receiving guests from afar. And lastly, we ask that you put your blessing hand on tonight's presentation, Joy, uh, where we will hear wonderful music and the program that is associated with it. We ask all of these things in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Here in Thailand, there are so many people who don't know God, and no one they know knows God. Thai people have a desperate desire to get rid of the sin that they know they have. They're, they're going to the temples, and they're taking money, and gold, and flowers, and anything they can do that they think is good that might erase the sin that they know that is inside them. My calling to be a doctor and calling to be a missionary came on the same day. When the missionary came and spoke at our church. He said the line, the saddest thing I've seen after 35 years on the mission field is children sick and dying because there's no doctor to care for them. And it was a, light, a lightning bolt through my soul. And I said, okay, God, I'll be a medical missionary. Our ministry here takes mobile clinics all over the country of Thailand. Church planners call me up and say, I'm trying to start a new church where there's never been one, would you come and help me? Medicine is just a means for me to share the gospel with those who have no other access. When I talk about how to take care of their physical needs, it's just so easy for them to see when I start talking about their soul that they need a savior as well. And American churches have partnered with me in that. 
and they have sent me short-term mission teams that come with me for about a week every month and we go out and do mobile clinics all over the country. Without the churches coming alongside me, I cannot do what I do. In general, people here do not like talking about spiritual things. But on mobile clinic, we can talk to 100 people in a day, 200 people, 300 people in a day that will come to mobile clinic and there we can share Christ with so many people at one time. It makes mobile clinic a great avenue for sharing the gospel. The point of mobile clinics is to start churches. Groups of Thai believers that will go on to grow people in their new faith, to disciple them in their understanding of who Christ is, and to grow them together into groups that will become churches. There's a lot of things that money can't buy. Being able to be here and see God praised where He has never been praised before, that is a dear joy. Seeing souls saved in areas where no one has ever known God before. Watching them grow in their faith and lead others to faith. And watching them grow together into churches. Seeing churches start where no one has ever worshipped God before. Money can't buy that. On the back of your worship guide, you'll see what has been given toward our church goal for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That goal is $23,233.33. And in the pew racks in front of you are envelopes for your use in bringing your offering for that Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Tell it, tell it out with gladness. Would you stand again as we sing? You may be seated. 
and to allow the Derbyshires as much time as possible this morning. We're going to forgo the next two hymns. We'll do a lot more singing tonight, so I encourage you to come, but listen prayerfully now as the ladies sing, I wonder as I wonder.
Good morning, everybody. Cheryl and I have been in Thailand now over 30 years, and uh, it is this last week we've been blessed with videos and notes from our uh, Thai believers who have been worshiping God and uh, sharing the gospel with their people around them. And it's just been a, a joy to see those videos, but it makes them miss us, or makes us miss them. It makes us miss them, and so thank you for letting us be with you in worship this morning. It helps us, uh, helps relieve the pain of not being with them back in Thailand. Uh, but it, Cheryl and I have been in, in the States now for a couple months. We'll be here uh, a few more weeks before we go back to Thailand again. And uh, it has been... It's been a joy to be here with our kids. Um, Dr. Kennedy talked to you about our, our kids all, we have four, we, we left 30 years ago with a three-year-old, a one-year-old, a six-month-old, and one was born a year later. And uh, now they're all grown, and all of them, all of them have joined with us in the work. And we're just so grateful. And so this morning on God's day, in God's house, among God's people, uh, we have a chance to talk about God's wonderful work across the world. And we'll do that by centering our attention on his word. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for your people. I just thank you so much for those who are here that have allowed Cheryl and I to stay in your service for so long. Thank you, Lord, for their sacrifice and giving. I thank you, Lord, for how they prayed for us. And Lord, I'm just so grateful to you for your people. We find you worthy of all, Lord, and we, we would gladly serve you all by ourselves, but you have let us serve you partnered with these wonderful people who love you too. And I pray, Father, that our time in your house today, our time in your word today, would be pleasing in your sight. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 14, it's easy for me to, to uh, walk through uh, what Paul did in the New Testament because I find so many corollaries, so many applications, so many similarities with, between what Paul did in the New Testament and what Cheryl and I get to do even now, a couple thousand years later. Paul was able to see churches started where there had never been churches before, just like Cheryl and I get to do. Paul was able to see people start worshiping Jesus in places where no one had ever worshiped Jesus before, and that's the same work that Cheryl and I do. And so walking through Paul's life and his ministry, it's just very easy to find application for what Cheryl and I still do today in Thailand. If you'll walk with me, Acts 14, we we, we pick up with Paul on his missionary journey, and it says, Now at Iconium they entered together into the Judas synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. 
When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. We see that Paul and those with him went into Iconium and, and they preached and some were saved, some were against them, some were adversaries, some were friends. They were able to see fruit born for the, for the Lord and they were able to see opposition to that fruit born. But verse 3 says, so they remained there for a long time. The work of the Lord compelled them to stay there for a long time. For 31 years, Cheryl and I have stayed in Thailand to serve the Lord and his purposes and his church for 31 years. Some might call that a long time. We find him worthy of spending a long time serving him. I get asked a lot nowadays, I, I, think, it's, I think it's the hair. <laughs> it might be the wrinkles. It could be the pain that I have right here. I don't know which one it is, but I, I'm asked a lot now, when are you gonna retire? And in some ways, Cheryl and I would, would like that. We've been in the States now for a couple months and being with our, our two kids that are still here, two of our kids are now back on the mission field in Asia, but two of them are still here, and being with them and being with the grandkids, being in America, I like America. In some ways, we would like to stay here too, but thinking about the loss where, just like that video, I, I, I just, it just troubles me when I talk to people who don't know God and no one they know knows God. If I don't go back, what hope do they have? When I go to talk to people and I have to explain to them who God is, that he's the one who made the world, and they look back at me and say, you mean somebody made this place? I, ha I have to go back and stay there a long time. I go to cities where there's no church, has never been a church, where no one worships God and no one has ever worshiped God since God made Adam and Eve. That is just not right. And so, Sharon and I are going back, Lord willing. And we plan to stay there a long time. And for those of you who for a long time every year you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Could I, could I just say thank you? I've seen missionaries from other organizations who have to go home because they have no support, no way to make it overseas. I have never had that concern. Because of your support through the cooperative program and through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, Cheryl and I have been able to stay in the mission field for 31 years. So, thank you. We've seen people come to faith when no one has ever worshipped Jesus before. Seen churches start where no church has ever been before. It is a wonderful work and worthy of all we give. And 
I, I think that for those of you who have sacrificed to give your money to send us over there, I, I think you've done a good thing. I, I think you chose well to give to the cause to see God praised and souls saved in places where he has never been praised before. Paul stayed there a long, a long time. I think it was worthy of his efforts. Verse 8 through 18. Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, he said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Laconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice to the crowds. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed into the crowd, crying out, What are you doing? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts and food with gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them. Paul and Barnabas, go and teach the good news. They heal a man, and immediately these people start worshiping Paul. Nothing good comes when people praise us too much. I live through this. I work as a doctor in Thailand. I work under the dock, and I walk through the streets and talk to people, and I, I operated on many of their mom and dad. I... I did surgery on them. I, their daughters, I delivered them. I just had a guy come in the other day and he, said, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, How old are you? <laughs> you delivered my son. He's 30 years old. <laughs> Nothing good comes when people praise us. And I, I deal with this when I talk about the God who made heaven and earth and they come in and say, oh, Doc, we've been coming to see you now for decades and we're just so grateful for all you. Without you, we'd be dead. Without you, there's so many people in our family who would be dead. Oh, we're just so grateful for Mount Cloud Baptist Clinic. And Paul goes, what are you doing? I didn't come here to take out your gallbladder. I came out so your sins could be forgiven. I didn't come here so you could know some American doctor. I came here so you could know the creator of the universe. Nothing good, as we're about to see in a second, nothing good comes when people overpraise God's people. We do not go as missionaries so that people would say, that, oh, those guys are doing a good job. We go as missionaries so that people can have their souls saved and God might receive his just praise. Verse 19 and 20. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul. They were just worshiping a second ago. Nothing good comes when we're overpraised from people. 
They stone Paul and drag him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. And when the disciples gathered about him, I would love to have seen that story. So they gathered around him, and he got up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. I just, how can they write so little about this? They stone Paul. He looks dead. He's laying there. His corpse is there. The people gather around him. Somebody's going to start singing a eulogy. Oh, God bless Brother Paul. We love him. And he stands up. Brushes himself off, and the story just, he just walks into town like nothing ever happened. <laughs> we were stuck here in, in the States for over a year because of COVID. And we were separated from work in Thailand for over a year. I have, I work at Bang Club Baptist Clinic. I've got 25 Thai staff who work with me. Cheryl works at uh, Thai Country Trim, where she had, at that time, she had 300 women that worked for her all over the country where they, they did their handcrafts and then came in and heard the gospel. She had a wonderful ministry and we were stuck here for a year apart from our ministries, me from the clinic and Cheryl from Thai Country Trim. And during that time, the income to both those ministries was at times approached zero. And after we'd been in the States for over about six or seven months, Cheryl came to me and she was just, just crying. No orders for Thai Country Trim. She just cried, Doug, I think we're going to lose the ministry. I think it's going to die. For years, uh, companies in Europe had ordered Cheryl's ornaments from Thai Country Trim and by the thousand every month. And now those orders, because of COVID, went from 10, 20,000 a month to Zero. I, th I think we're going to lose the ministry. And so I just, I just held her in my arms and we just cried and prayed together. Lasted, we did that for several months. Until finally we were able to go back to Thailand. It looked like the ministry had died. She went back and started piecing things together and God put one thing into place and another thing into place and one person came to faith in this town and they said, you know, we could use some work. So Cheryl said, well, we'll give you some Thai country work to do. And then another, another center started here and now she has 450 women working for Thai country trim with over 40,000 orders every month. The ministry flourishing. It looked dead. But now, brushed yourself off. And in Thailand today, just like Paul saw years ago, the work flourishing once again. Praise the Lord. Verses 21 through 27. Here we go. In 13 minutes. This is the meat of the, the first part. That was just bonus. Now's the sermon. <laughs> so for 13 minutes, what does the missionary do? I think, it's a, I think it's a good question for us to ask. I think it's a good question for me to remind myself, what do I do? What's my function? What's my job in life? And here we go in Acts 14, when they talk about what Paul did, again, I see this is, this is what I do. What Paul did 2,000 years, years ago, this is what I do. This is what I should do. Copy Paul. Like he said in 1 Corinthians 11, imitate me. So I want to imitate Paul. And this is what his ministry was like. 
14, verse 21. When they had, number one, we're going to have seven parts, what Paul's going to say, Paul's going to show us about the missionary walk, the missionary work, missionary task. Number one, when they had, number one, preached the gospel. I go as a doctor. I give medicine. I, Cheryl goes with Ty Country Trim. She gives jobs to people. I go into schools and I teach. But I don't go to give medicine or to teach or to give jobs. I go to preach the gospel. Job number one for the missionary is to preach the gospel. And I see it's not in the pills that I give. It's not in the medicine I give, not in the jobs I give. It's the power of the gospel that saves souls. I was leaning over a, a Bible and across me a 20-year-old college student was reading the Bible and I had talked to him about Jesus. For, for years I had talked to him about Jesus. And he, but he came back again and he wanted to learn some more. So we were talking through the Bible and I was reading through Ephesians 3 and I got to them and I said, may the... May the love of Christ dwell richly in your heart through faith. And I looked up at him and I said, Sky, are you ready today to have the love of Christ dwell in you richly in your heart through faith? And he said, yes, I am. I said, wait, what? what? <laughs> the power of the scriptures had just finally broken down his opposition. And he put his faith in Christ. We go to preach the gospel. People can take medicine that I give them for 30 years and still stay apart from Christ. But the power of the gospel calls people to be saved. Number two, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples. Number two, we make disciples. I go there not just to make converts, I go to make disciples. Remember when Jesus called his, his disciples and he said, go into all the earth, all the earth and Preach the gospel of creation and make converts. No. He says, make disciples. So I go. So every Tuesday, I meet with two new believers in Blangyao. Every Wednesday, I meet with five brand new believers in, at Taikata Trim. Every Thursday, I meet with about a dozen new believers in Bonpo. And every day, I go to meet with new believers so I can teach them, bring them up in the faith, teach them how to, to live so that they can see how I live, and so that they can know how they should live. Two great parts of making, making disciples. Teaching them God's word and giving them an example that they can follow. Number three. We've got nine minutes left. Here we go. <laughs> number three. When they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, number two, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. Disciples need to have their souls strengthened. They need to have a good diet of the meat of God's word. I need to teach them the Bible. They need exercise, so I bring them into the church and show them how to serve the church. They need to be out and share their faith with other people. They need fellowship. Fellowship is good for the soul. So, after we make disciples, we strengthen their souls. Number four, we strengthen the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. There are many troubles and many adversaries, Paul will call them, that, that can cause discouragement in new believers, especially when you're the first Christian in your whole family. Especially when you put your faith in Christ and you're the only Christian in your whole neighborhood. 
especially when you come to faith in Christ and you're the first Christian in your city since the dawn of time. When persecution comes, it can be very difficult for those kind of people. They need to have their, their faith encouraged. So often when people come to faith, Satan comes and attacks them and they will have health problems right away. It's enough to make, am I getting sick because I became a Christian? And their faith can sway. They need to have their faith strengthened. They've got money problems and relationship problems. Husbands get mad at their wives when they come to faith. Wives get mad at their husbands when they come to faith. Parents get mad at their kids. Kids get mad at their parents. These relationships can really be difficult on their faith. They need us to encourage their faith, to encourage them to stand strong. They've chosen well. You did the right thing. No, these problems aren't because you did the wrong thing. These problems are to test your resolve. They need to have their faith strengthened. Encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that may, they must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23. And when they had appointed elders. Number five. We appoint elders. I went there and uh, for many years we had no, no pastor at Bonclaw Baptist Church where uh, our clinic is and so I, I uh, was required to take on the preaching responsibilities and the teaching responsibilities and uh, as well as take care of all the hospital and clinic needs and then we started the church in Plain Yao and well now I have two churches to try to take care of and then we started now we have the church then we had added one in Brajinbury and now in Bonpo and I can't be in four places at one time so, Paul appointed elders. He started this church and raised up elders, raised up mature believers among the people there so that they could keep that church going. Then when started that church, raised up leaders so that they could do that. And that's exactly what we do in Thailand. We start new work and then make disciples of that new work, encourage them in their faith, strengthen their soul, and then see who God has made out to be leaders among them and set them up as leaders when we have to move on to the next place. We appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting and committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. This one is a hard one. You appoint elders and then you commit them to the Lord. Then you leave them. When we began the work in Bonpo, I told the church in Plain Yao, uh, that church that was on the video a minute ago was the church in Plain Yao, wonderful place. I now have about 40 believers there. I looked at the church and the 40 believers and I was there when they got saved. I was there when they came to faith. I was there when they came to faith. I just looked across the, the congregation. I was there when almost every single one of them came to faith. So our relationship, our, our love for one another, our tie together is very strong. And I told them that I had to go to the next place, to Monpo, to start that work. Made that announcement and two days later, one of our friends in the faith, Don, came to me and he said, um, 
I come as the representative of the leaders of the Blangyao Church. They've asked you, please do not leave us. That's rough on your soul. So I go back there and sit with them again. And I said, you know how much I love you. You know how much I love you. You know how I've sat with you through the problems that you've had for the last little while. You know what we've gone through together. But you see, Dong and Tao, the, the leaders that we've appointed for you, you see them and you see how they love you. You, they, you see how they teach you. You see how wonderful they are to you. You have them. But the next city over Bonpo, they have no one. So blessedly, they nodded in agreement and said, you have to go. And for us, I had to have that tearing feeling inside me too. I have to commend them to God. Lord, for the last 20 years, I have been the one that helped take them through one trouble after another, but now I can't help them anymore. I, I give them to you. Please, would you take care of these people that are so dear to me? As Paul did then, so I do now. Raise up leaders, raise up believers and disciples, and then commend them to God and move on to start work in a new place. And finally, verse 24, then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia, and when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together and declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Number seven, that's what I'm doing right now. Number seven, when he came back home, he gathered together with the church and told them what God had done while he was away. I'll just tell you one story about what I've seen God do. I um, went and did a mobile clinic not too far from me, and uh, there was a woman named Ba Rebiup. She was very interested in, in the gospel when we shared the, the gospel with her. And she decided she wanted to learn more about God. And she found out that I was going to be teaching Bible not too far from her house where she could walk from where she lived. It wasn't too far. So on the day that she knew I was going to be teaching Bible not too far from her house, she, she left her home and plenty of time to get there. And she said, I was walking through the forest where I could... Uh, a shortcut to get where you were, and it started to pour down rain. It just rained so hard, and the rain, there was a flash flood, and it just washed me off my feet, off the path that I was on, washed me into the stream. The stream had grown so, had swelled up so much that it just carried me downstream. She's a small woman. And she said, I was going downstream and I, I, I saw a deeper place beyond. There was a bridge and there was a deeper place. And I, I thought, I'm, I'm going to drown. But the waters had swollen so much so she was able to reach up and grab the bottom of the bridge. And she held on there for dear life for a while until she thought, I, I can't hold here forever. I, I, I'm going to die. 
And then she said a man all dressed in white walked down from the bridge above, picked her up, carried her out of the swollen stream, and carried her up on the top of the bridge and set her down. And said, if you will put your faith in me, I will take care of you like this forever. And then vanished from her sight. And I have seen God do that in city after city after city. I go to a place to do a mobile clinic and share the gospel with people who have never had a church before, where no one has ever worshipped God before. And wherever I go, I see God goes there first. People will come and say, I had two, me two angels come to my store and say, I had to come to see you so you could tell me I'll have my sins forgiven. I go and I, I see, see people, my patients will come in and say, I had a dream last night, said I had to come to see you. Last night I had a vision and I saw that there was a cross and I, I, I saw you come in and you had to, everybody's wearing that same cross. Wherever I go, I see that God is preparing the way. Where he has no messengers, he goes himself. So this morning... As we close, number seven, the missionary's job is to go back home and tell people what he saw God do. And to thank you for letting me go where I go. I could not go where I go without you sending me. I could not see God do what I see God do without you supporting me. So once again, for those of you who have given to the Lottie Moon for so many years, can I just thank you? I get to see what God does when you give. It allows me to stay in Thailand for a very long time. Well, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? And I think the challenge that, uh, that Doug has given us and that Doug and Cheryl have, by example, shown us is that God has a purpose for every one of us, and he's spoken to you today. And so in our invitation, it is just very simple. Whatever God has laid upon your heart. If it's a public decision that needs to be made, whatever that might be, I ask you to come. I'll be here at the front to talk with you. If it is a decision, a private decision, that you need to make right where you are, then please, as we have a prayer, to move in on to our invitation, pray and let God have his way with you. Join me if you would. Father, we come to this time hearing a story stirring message of proclaiming the gospel of the transformation of lives of the need to come alongside through prayer and support and father the most important thing is that we are obedient to you and you will guide us step by step and I pray in our invitation this morning that whatever your desire is for each one of us that we would submit and be obedient to you in that way. And that, Father, we would take this challenge 
And in this very special season, where people are more open to hear that we would share. In Jesus' name we pray. Ask you to stand if you would. We're going to sing our invitation hymn. And you come and make the decision that God desires you to make. Come ahead. seated if you would. At the conclusion of our service, the Derbyshires will be down here and we'd love for if you have any questions, if you just want to talk with them or encourage them, just drop by if you would. I would appreciate that very much. Doug, Cheryl, we're going to continue to pray for you. you uh, we have a weekly list of all the missionaries that we have relationships with that have spoken here and every week we pray for, for you guys and uh, we want to continue to do that. And we thank you for your long long service and pray that it's a lot longer okay <laughs> uh, just a, a couple of things before i turn it over to, to miss cheryl i sent out an e-blast on thursday um, and somehow my mind wasn't working correctly but bible study next sunday is going to be at nine o'clock not nine thirty. okay it's going to be the, the normal time nine o'clock and the worship at ten thirty on christmas eve and then our christmas eve candlelight services at four o'clock okay and then uh, tonight, uh, I know Nancy will speak to this, but just from my perspective, it is going to be such a special, special time tonight. 5.30, yeah, the choir will make a presentation of joy. They've worked hard on it, but they've worked hard on it because they want to communicate the good news, the joy of the season, what God brings to us. We will have a good number of folks from the community as well as our own uh, congregation. But come, invite the folks, people that you know, I promise they will not be disappointed, and God's Spirit will speak boldly to them. So I hope that you will come and, and prepare yourselves, and prepare yourselves also for uh, Christmas Eve services. What a special time. Miss Nancy? You'll see on the back of your bulletin a reminder about the Men's Fellowship Breakfast, which will be on Tuesday, January 2nd of 2024. What a way to start a new year at 8 o'clock. 
There are sign-up sheets in both lobbies, so men, I encourage you to take opportunity to sign up. And then on Wednesday, January the 10th at 4 p.m., we will have a Partners on Mission potluck, followed by another of our IMB missionary speakers, Miriam Holman. So sign up for that begins next Sunday, but I encourage you to plan to be a part of both of those. The beautiful altar flowers today are provided by Dr. Scott and Trudy Williamson in celebration of their 59th wedding anniversary this Wednesday. Would the two of you stand? Congratulations and thank you for your godly example. Cheryl Derbyshire is going to come now and lead us in our closing prayer as we stand and I hope to see you tonight. Before I pray, I just want to give you the rest of the story of the lady on the bridge. She walked to where Doug was teaching and gave her life to Christ that day. Not too long later, she fell and broke her hip and she couldn't get out of her house because there were her house, you had, there was a dip like this. And um, some Thai nationals and missionaries got together and built her some stairs. And because of that love that we shared with her, her daughter came to Christ. And many others of her family have come to Christ since then. Thank you so much for praying for us and having us on your list. We need it. We need every prayer that, that can go up for the ministry in Thailand. And so now it is a privilege for me to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for this church, First Baptist Church, Sun City, Lord. Oh, would you bless them with more opportunities to help reach the nations. Lord, would you bless them with opportunities galore to, and open doors to reach their neighbors and friends. Lord, would you just open their eyes to see the things that you have for them. And at this Christmas time, when there are lonely people all around, would you give them the hand of Christian fellowship to share and the love of Christ to know what to do. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed day of worship. Would you be glorified for this time together? We pray. In your name I pray, amen. amen. amen.